Presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Podcast. With us, as always, to do our Week 10 recap and review. Achilles Rain. I brought the sound effects with us today, so enjoy that. Uh, I'll definitely be enjoying it. Uh, just, I'm a little under the weather right now, but I'm going to power through this. All right. Uh Let's get into our headlines for week 10. Now this made headlines. All right, so I think our top headline of the week, I think this has been building a little bit, but the uh, Baltimore Ravens ship, it looked, um, let's say, a little wobbly the last uh, handful of weeks. I think took a pretty big blow and is sort of starting to sink. Um the offense, once again, was uh, poor. They couldn't run the ball. Now, I know a lot of their offensive linemen were, are, you know, are out, which hurts their running game. And then um, I didn't think their defense looked uh, all that great. They couldn't get the Patriots off the field on uh, third down. So uh, what are you making of the Ravens right now? There's a little cause for concern there. I, I don't think it's quite uh, ready to – to throw in the towel yet, but I do think there are some, some big concerns with this team uh, specifically when it comes to the offense and uh, the wide receivers on the outside, you know, they've got some guys that can go down, you know, down the middle um, inside the slot, but uh, they don't have a go-to guy, uh, a big type of wide receiver. They can just kind of throw it up to and um, let him go up and make a play on it, which I think is really hurting them this season. And certain flaws tend to kind of be highlighted when, you know, you run into issues like that. Uh, this game in particular, though, I think a lot of it had to do with the weather. I think early on it looked like a different game. And as soon as the weather shifted, uh, it turned into a completely different game. Yeah, I I did factor in the weather, uh, that pouring rain. Uh, I mean, really, the Patriots got points off of two bad, uh, you know, Raven snaps there. But um it seems like uh, every week we sort of make a little bit of the excuse for the Ravens why they aren't doing this and not doing that and why they didn't look so good this week. And um, it's just beginning to worry me that every week it's something new. Now, uh, also, Calais Campbell was out on the defensive end, which might explain some of those third-down stops. But I'm just uh, curious, where are you regarding the Ravens right now uh, playoff-wise? Are they? Would you still put them in? contender for Super Bowl status or are you dropping them underneath there in sort of a let's go Titans Colts you know Ravens range I I think that unfortunately because of the play over the last few weeks I think they've fallen down to that tier of the uh the Titans and the Colts not that that's a bad thing you know those are really good teams they're solid teams that could potentially win a Super Bowl depending on matchups, but I think that's going to be it. It's going to be depending on matchups. Um, they've definitely taken a step back, but I still consider them a contender. All right. So uh, we did a little bit on the Ravens. Uh, let's touch on the Pats a little bit. Uh, this game probably saved their season, at least for now. They, 
stay in, let's say, playoff contention. But uh, they have a lot of teams to jump to get into the playoffs. It's not so much the games behind, but I believe they're behind like four teams to get into that playoff. Uh, what do you see with the Patriots here? Chance to get into the playoffs or just too many teams in front of them and they've dug themselves too deep a hole here? Listen, with with uh, Bill Belichick you know, as the head coach, I, I don't think I could count them out, but I just don't foresee them actually making the playoffs. I just think that there are too many teams in the AFC that are um, just better than they are. So, I mean, there's a chance, but I wouldn't put any money on it. All right, so moving on from that game, uh, we'll go into, I wanted to see what your QB tiers for uh, playoff QBs were here because um, I just was trying to make a list on Sunday in my head of QBs I trusted in the playoffs. And uh, like I thought, I I made a list and there weren't very many I had in uh, tier one and two here. So uh, I just thought I'd give you the assignment and uh, I wanted to see where you sort of had these uh, QBs. So um, in my tier one here, I had... Rodgers, Mahomes, and Wilson. And that's all I could really think of as sort of guys I trust right now in a playoff game to win me a game. Where are you sitting with this? I mean, if I had to set up my own tiers, I think that right now for tier one, I could really only place Rodgers and Mahomes in that list. Um, I understand why you'd want to have Wilson on there. He's he's a great quarterback and, you know, he's putting up big numbers, but the truth is that over the last few weeks, he's played pretty bad. Um, and it's been bad enough to where it kind of uh, makes me take him out of that first tier. Yeah, I, I could see that. I just, uh, I trust the sort of pedigree. And in if it's a tight playoff game, I still would trust Wilson to sort of make his move here. Now, I put in tier two, now, I've uh, uh, with all that's come out, I, I put Drew Brees in tier two, and he was my only one I put in tier true. But uh, I said health permitting, and with cracked, cracked ribs and a collapsed lung, uh, I don't foresee him really bouncing back all that quick. So uh, it might be the Jameis Winston show. And uh, needless to say, he's down pretty far in my tier two. Where are you sitting with tier two, guys? Yeah, I mean, tier two, if uh, Brees is healthy, I would have Brees in my tier two. Uh, I would have Wilson in my tier two, um, Roethlisberger, and probably Brady in my tier two. That's interesting. See, I moved uh, my tier three probably tells you where I'm sitting. I have Roethlisberger. I have I put Newton in there because the Patriots are still sort of in playoff contention, and I put Brady in there. Now, my thinking here is I think if any of these quarterbacks sort of get really pass-rushed, Weather permitting, I don't know if they can handle it all that well. And I don't know if I can foresee them winning, you know, three straight playoff games. And that's why I moved them down. Now, they're all sort of tier one, tier two, tier three guys. But uh, then it really seems to drop off for me. Where do you have tier three guys? Um, tier three, I'd probably have uh, guys like Ryan Tannehill, uh even though I think he's probably closer to tier two. Um, I have him just below that just because, you know, we've got to see them win playoff games. 
Um, I have uh, guys like Jared Goff, uh, Kyler Murray, things like that. Uh, Tier three type guys, I I have a little more question marks about, even though uh, Jared Goff has led the Rams to a Super Bowl. um, He still hasn't really impacted this season enough for me to put him up to tier two. Uh, Like I said, Tannehill is, my opinion right now, a better quarterback than Goff, but he hasn't proven anything in the playoffs yet, so that's why I haven't moved him up at the, the second tier. That's interesting. My uh, tier four guys, I sort of had either inexperienced or I don't know what's the word to use here. Um, I think uh, inconsistent probably would be the best word to use. But um, So my tier four guys, like Kyler Murray, we've never seen him in a playoff game. I had Jared Goff in there. I know he can do it, but uh, right now it just seems like if Jared Goff is going to be successful like he was this weekend, everything sort of has to go right for him. I have David Carr in there. I have Lamar Jackson in there, and I have Josh Allen in there. So uh, I sort of have guys who have limited playoff experience and haven't won a lot of playoff games or just sort of guys who uh, need help boosting their levels. And then... uh. My Tier 5, guys, uh, I have Tannehill in Tier 5 just because last year we saw him in the playoffs and they literally didn't let him even throw the football, which tells me they don't trust him. And this is also where I have, you know, Jameis Winston, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz, Tua Tungavailoa, uh, any Bears quarterback. <laughs> I don't know who it's going to be. Uh, Nick Foles faked an injury to get out of that game. They were playing so bad. Oh, yesterday. we'll touch on that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> Baker Mayfield and Kirk Cousins. So uh, where do your – that's what seems so weird about this season so far is, I mean, almost half my playoff quarterback list is in these bottom two tiers here. So uh, it just seems like a really weird season unfolding right now. You see, I only have three tiers, and the way I set up my tiers are guys that I trust to win the big game. Uh, which is tier one guys that I trust to make it competitive and possibly make it to the big game, which is my tier two. And then guys that could make it, but I still need to see more out of tier three. I only have three tiers Um, guys like Jackson uh, from Baltimore in tier two. Uh, Like I said, Tannehill's in tier three golf is in tier three. Um, Russell Wilson tier two. I, I, there's a lot of quarterbacks that I didn't even bother putting on there just because I don't know where they stand. Uh, they could be playing well right now, but they could also melt away um, as the season progresses even further and towards the end. So there's a lot of quarterbacks that I didn't put on there, but I understand where you're coming from. I, I still think that Tannehill is probably a little bit low um, just because if you look at his numbers, uh, he's put up good enough numbers to where I, I trust him in the playoffs but I still want to see him win playoff games before I put him in that second tier. Yeah, see, uh, you're a nicer guy than I am. I I really just wanted to lower guys who I did not trust in the playoffs at all, and uh, that's why I put uh, two other tiers below there where I had, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three. I had really guys I totally would have won playoff games and have trusted to win playoff games, and then, Four and five, it's just uh, where I'd be uncomfortable betting on you, even in, like, round one of a playoff. 
gay. I get it. I get it. I mean, it makes sense. Like I said, I just, there's some guys on there that I just don't trust enough to even put on a tier. So I only have my three. Well, you better learn to love Daniel Jones. Cause I think the giants are making the playoffs. <laughs> Listen, I touched on it. Well, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more, but I touched on it a couple of weeks back. You know, he looks good, man. All right. So that does our headlines. Let's go into our game recap. And we're going to start out with probably a game you had a good time watching. The Seattle Seahawks went to the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams won 23-15. Russell Wilson was 22-37, 248 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. He also had a fumble. He did have eight carries and 60 yards. Tyler Lockett was 5-for-66. Jared Goff, 27-37, 302, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Cam Akers, 10 carries, 38 yards. Josh Reynolds, 8 catches, 94 yards. I had this game on TV2, and it moved to TV1 pretty quickly because I was really quite interested in it. Um, This is sort of the uh, good version of the Rams that we got today. The defense was just on point and totally dominated the game. Goff was efficient and accurate, and uh, they didn't, you know, totally ask him to do too much. And the running game, you know... Kept them uh, in good down and distance, and uh, the Seattle defense continues to sort of not be impressive, though this was really the last two. The, this was probably their best game they played, even though they couldn't really control the game. Uh, what did you make of this game? I I really enjoyed watching this game. I, I had it on TV, and I really couldn't even get off my seat. Even during halftime, I had a hard time getting up for a drink, but... You know, uh, this game was really interesting uh, in the sense that it was going to dictate the way the NFC West is being shaped going forward. Um, You know, as much as we like to criticize Jared Goff's play, especially after the Miami game, uh, Wilson, who we praised in the beginning of the season, he has more turnovers in the last four games at 10 than Goff has had all season at nine. Um, You know, which is a little scary when you stop to think about it. You know, Jared Goff, we didn't need him to do much this week. He he was efficient enough to, you know, to kind of keep the game going. But, you know, the Rams, um, you talked about it a couple of weeks, a few weeks back. Uh, they have a three-headed monster, and um, I think that that should probably be the focus going forward. Um, they play solid defense, and if they can utilize uh, run DMC, which is, you know, what we're calling it, uh, D. Daryl Henderson, M. Malcolm Brown, and C. for Cam Akers. If uh, if we can play solid defense and then just do that, uh, run the ball well, I think that you know they could win a lot more games than uh, we previously thought. Yeah, uh, this Rams team continues to sort of. I don't know. I see them one week like this week, and I I think they can control. They totally controlled the pace and the flow of that game, and it was really impressive. Now, on the other hand, you know, they still, they just can't seem to blow any teams out, which is probably the one concern I have, especially if they get, you know, behind, which you, you know, be it that Miami game was a, you know, totally weird game. But once they get behind, they seem to struggle and have to force passes and get off their down and distance of their run game. But uh, when the defense is playing like this and they can control the pace of the game, it's really, really impressive. And I still hold out hope that this Rams team can sort of 
find a way to get it together and make a you know deep run in this playoffs. Now the Seattle Seahawks, on the other hand, uh, I think Wilson's starting to press. Uh, you know, I don't think he trusts this defense. He's forcing plays, trying to hit big plays, you know, constantly. Uh, that pick in the end zone that he threw where he had 40 yards to run and, you know, oh, yeah. could have run for a touchdown, I think. And if not, he would have easily have gotten, you know, them into the first and goal territory. And he just tried to, to throw it and try to make a big play. Uh, it'll come up later in our worst of the week, but uh, I totally did not understand Pete Carroll putting that ball on fourth and inches. That was just crazy to think I'm going to trust my defense to get a stop here. And the Rams went down, scored, and that pretty much ended the game right there. So uh, it's just uh, hard to get a measure of really either of these teams right now. Yeah, like I said, I think that the Rams are going to be successful as long as they can keep it into a low-scoring affair. You know, when it's a defensive type of struggle, that's when they're going to be successful because they've got a really solid defense. It's the offense that it's just not as good as it was last season. They're not going to put up 35 points each game. Uh, They're going to be more reliant on that defense, holding the opponents down to low scores, and that's their key to success right now. For Seattle, they really need to tighten up defensively. You know, now they have Jamal Adams back, and we thought that we'd see some improvement, and we did in their pass rush when he's blitzing. The guy's a monster, but he alone doesn't seem like he can fix that uh, that defense. It's pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I think it probably says pretty much everything it is when your best pass rusher is your sort of hybrid safety. You know, having to blitz him all the time is pulling him out of coverage and, you know, I I know that's sort of his thing where, you know, he's a hybrid, he'll play linebacker, he'll play safety, he'll, you know, blitz and come. But uh, to have to pull a guy constantly uh, from your, you know, deep outside uh, coverage zone and having blitz uh, really speaks to the problems the Seattle Seahawks have rushing the passer. And, uh, you know, if you give Goff time in a pocket, uh, he is capable of sort of tearing you up. It's sort of when you can getting pressured and off his timing zone that uh, he begins to get a little uh, rattled every now and then. All right, let's move on. Uh, This next game, uh, probably short and sweet. The Cincinnati Bengals were at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers won 36-10. Joe Burrow, 21 of 40, 213 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Sim G.P. Ryan, seven carries, 48 yards. T. Higgins, seven receptions, 115 yards. Ben Roethlisberger, 27 of 46, 333, four touchdowns. James Conner, 13 carries, 36 yards. Deontay Johnson, six receptions, 116 yards. Uh, good team played a bad team. Good team dominated. Anything else you need to say? Oh, I mean, you know, it's just, I, I just kind of wish that Pittsburgh would, um, would run Connor down the middle as opposed to trying to get him to the outside all the time. I think they'd probably be a little more successful, but overall they took care of business. So that's pretty much all there is to it. Yeah. If I was going to say one thing, uh, Pittsburgh running game has not been, I don't know. Great. I, it might come back to haunt them a little bit when the weather's gets cold and they need to sort of, uh, churn these games out and, uh, end it quicker. But, uh, I mean, there's nothing really to gauge too much from this other than Cincinnati's not very good and Pittsburgh is quite good. 
All right, our next game, uh, the 49ers went to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints won 27-13. Nick Mullins, 24-38, 2-47, one touchdown, two interceptions. Jarek McKinnon, 18 carries, 33 yards. Brandon Ayuk had seven catches for 75 yards. Drew Brees went 8-13 for 76 yards and a touchdown. Before he got hurt, Latavius Murray, nine carries, 57 yards, and Alvin Kamara had seven catches for 83 yards and uh, two touchdowns. So, um, pretty decent game by the Saints. They did what they had to do. Uh, I thought the 49ers would come in there and play them tough and sort of played them tough for as long as they could. Uh, botched a special teams uh, fumble, and uh, the Saints sort of took over from there. Uh, probably the biggest story is this game is Breeze. Uh, got hurt and looked, you know, really hurt, uh, like I said earlier. Fractured a rib, punctured a lung. Um, we're getting Jameis. Is that good, bad, indifferent? What do you make of it? You know, I'll tell you this. I, at first, when I, when I was thinking about it, and even when he first came into that game, uh, I was a little concerned about the Saints going forward. Just well, he because... did almost throw a pick, and the guy dropped it, so that was concerning. But I mean, that's that's James Winston, you know, the guy led the league in passing yards, but he also led the league in interceptions. You know, he's uh, someone. Someone kind of said he's like a, a Brett Favre type of quarterback, and I can see that. You know, he's going to come out there, he's going to just sling it. Now, the there was a report also that he had uh, LASIK surgery during the off season. Uh, and I started kind of going back and looking at some of his previous games, and I noticed that he squints a lot. Now, I don't know how much that had to do with this, uh, with this, how bad his vision was. I don't know how how those interceptions play into that, but you know, if his vision is better, if somehow Peyton can kind of get him under control and not throwing the ball all over the place, you know, he might be able to. He, he's not Teddy Bridgewater. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a safer quarterback than he is, but. Winston's explosive enough and uh, he's got the size and he's got the arm to where he could probably help them out as long as he doesn't go crazy and start throwing the ball all over the place. Yeah, this is uh, sort of uh, a weird, I think Teddy Bridgewater fit that kind of offense where he's very good at the short intermediate throws, can dink and dunk and uh, methodically bring him into the field, uh, you know, keep Kamara involved. And uh, now they have Jameis, who I think is a little bit of the opposite. Now, I think you'll be able to get, you know, a handful more of explosive plays here with Jameis. Um, It's just whether he can control it. Uh, Other than that first year at Florida State, now we're going back a long time, he has always been a interception and turnover machine. And um, I don't know how well that works with the Saints. We'll see if Peyton can get him under control. Uh, I think we both think Sean Payton is a brilliant offensive coordinator and be able to, you know, control this uh, Jameis a little bit and uh, keep this offense humming. Are you worried about the Saints uh, drop off any, or does this more concern you sort of getting into the playoffs and you think regular season they'll roll right along? I'm more concerned, uh, and I'm not going to say super concerned, it's just a slight concern, but I'm more concerned about the uh, the regular season. Uh, just because that race is so tight with Tampa Bay. And I feel like they they have to win that division <clears throat> in order to get like a good uh, playoff seating. And I, I, he he really needs to play safe. 
you know, and that's not really his game. So that's the only part that concerns me about it. But he's probably got a stronger arm than Breeze does at this point. It's just that the football IQ isn't quite to Breeze's level. So that's the only concern I have. Okay. All right. We'll move on to our next game. Ravens at Patriots, 23-17. Ravens, Lamar Jackson was 24-34, 249, two touchdowns, one interception. He also had 11 carries and 42 yards. Willie Sneed had five catches for 64 yards. Cam Newton was 13-17, of 17, 118 yards and a touchdown. And Damian Harris continues to sort of be the bell cow for the New England Patriots. 22 carries, 121 yards. We already went over this game, so we'll move on to our next one. Uh, the Thursday game, Indianapolis Colts, Tennessee Titans, Colts 34, Titans 17, Phillip Rivers 29 at 39, 308 yards, one touchdown, Naheem Hines 12 carries, 70 yards and a touchdown, Michael Pittman Jr. 7 catches and 101 yards, Ryan Tannehill was 15 at 27, 147 for a touchdown, Derrick Henry 19 carries, 103 yards, and Corey Davis 5 catches for 67 yards. Uh, pretty interesting game. Uh, special teams let Tennessee down a bit, but uh, I think the uh, defense continues to be their main problem. Colts' defense looked really good. Offense looked efficient. Um, has the power swung here in the uh, AFC South? you think the Colts are going to take this and uh, run with it, or Titans still got a little life left in the tank? Well, I'll tell you this. If I was the Colts, I would take it and run with it. I don't think it's going to be that easy. Um because Philip Rivers tends to be up and down. Um, we've seen him come out and have some horrendous games where he makes really poor decisions. And then he comes out and really plays safe, relies on the running game and, you know, little dump off passes to the running backs and is successful. So I wouldn't say it's a complete power shift. I still think that, you know, Tennessee, even though they, they really struggle on, on defense, their uh, their pass rush is almost non-existent. You know they do get some help um, with some of the some of their players that are coming back, and they do have Ryan Tannehill. I think at this point, I probably trust Ryan Tannehill more than I do uh, Philip Rivers. But it's a lot closer than it was. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Um. We, this isn't the Thursday show, but uh, we know uh, Tennessee playing Baltimore this week. Um, it's really a make-or-break game, I think, for uh, both teams. Both teams really need it to really stay in this playoff hunt, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see uh, if this Baltimore offense can sort of do something versus the Tennessee Titans defense and whether the Tennessee Titans defense can step up at all. And uh, just a really interesting game this Sunday. I'm pretty excited to see how this thing plays out because I think it pretty much will determine at least one of those playoff spots for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about how the Ravens uh, lack a lot of power on the uh, wide receiver side of the ball, you know, and Desmond King has been playing really good for for the Titans and Malcolm Butler's doing pretty good as of late. You know, Adoree Jackson, I think he should be coming back and kind of be getting, you know, back to 100% soon. So, it's going to be tough. I, I think that the Ravens are going to have to rely a lot on the run game for that game. And Tennessee tends to struggle a little bit against the run. So we'll see what happens. It's going to decide a lot. Yeah. All right. We'll move on to our next game. 
I don't know how meaningful it was, but uh, I was actually watching it and was pretty entertained with it. Uh, nonetheless, Washington went to Detroit. Detroit won 30-27 on a last-second 60-yard field goal. Alex Smith was a nice 38 for 55 for 390 yards. Antonio Gibson, 13 carries, 45 yards, and two touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, seven catches for 95 yards. Matthew Stafford, 24 of 33, 276, three touchdowns. DeAndre Swift, 16 carries for 82 yards. Marvin Jones, eight catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Alex Smith actually played really well, and this Redskins offense uh, looked uh, almost serviceable. I wouldn't say great. It was a lot of sort of dink and duck passive, but uh, I don't know how physically healthy Alex Smith is, but that brain's still there, and it was able to sort of get more out of this uh, Washington uh, offense more than uh, I'd seen all year long. Now, the defense let them down, especially the secondary, and uh, the Washington team came in, tied the game, and uh, then let the Lions drive with 17 seconds left to kick the game-winning field goal. Lions, I thought, played really well in the first half, but uh, did what they do and uh, let Washington back in this game. What do you make of this one? Yeah, I didn't get to watch too much of this game, uh, but what I did see, you know, we talked about it. Alex Smith is probably the best quarterback on that team, uh, and he makes the lack of weapons seem a little less obvious. Um, even if it's just little dink and dunk passes, you know, he's moving the ball, and that's what you want out of your quarterback. Um, I feel like if they keep him under center, they probably have a better chance at winning more games going forward. But that defense, man, you know, they, they're they they're kind of like the Rams' offense. They're Jekyll and Hyde. Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't, and that's kind of been, you know, the biggest flaw with this team this season other than the quarterback play early on. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. To our next game, this one was definitely not as entertaining as the last one, though it was a close game. The Houston Texans played the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns won 10-7. to Deshaun Watson went 20 of 30, 163, one touchdown. Duke Johnson, 14 carries, 54 yards. Randall Cobb, three catches, 41 yards. Baker Mayfield, 12 of 20, 132. Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 126 yards and a touchdown. Rashad Higgins, three catches, 48 yards. So um, this game was pretty dull, pretty boring. No offense really on either side. Now the wind and weather was a little bit of a problem, but um, that being said, Pittsburgh didn't have any problem scoring 30 points, and the weather was just as bad up there. Uh, I think we know the Texans are awful. I can't make this Browns team. I think they're actually really bad, but... uh, they seem to have a pretty – every week we go over it and like, wow, they're not playing a good team this week. So uh, they seem to be piling up wins versus these really crappy teams. And uh, as long as they have that two-headed rushing attack, I think they are able to stay in there and win some games. So uh, what do you make of this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, other than uh, Nick Chubb costing a lot of people uh, fantasy wins and costing some people some money – he won I, me some money, so. Uh. Oh, he cost me. Uh, not not that I really expected to to win in that particular uh, play I had, because it was a ridiculous uh, thirteen game parlay. I think it was, <laughs> but uh, he kind of uh, ended my hopes pretty early on. So, uh, 
nothing much ready to say. The weather was kind of the uh, the best performer of the of the game for that particular game. Uh, yeah, I mean, both teams are pretty bad, and the Browns are going to win games against bad teams because they're slightly better. Yeah. All right, we'll move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Carolina Panthers. Tom Brady, 28-39, 341, three touchdowns. Ronald Jones, 23 carries, 192 yards and a touchdown. Chris Godwin, six catches, 92 yards. Teddy Bridgewater, 18-24, 136, two touchdowns. Mike Davis, seven carries, 32 yards. DJ Moore, four catches, 96 yards, one touchdown. Uh, good game by the Bucks. Defense came back to life and uh, played well. Uh, I watched you know, this game on TV three and it was a lot of stat padding there at the bucks at the end. And that's sort of what I make of that. They're a better team than Carolina. I think we'll get a better taste of what the Tampa Bay bucks do this week uh, versus the St. Louis Rams. It'll be very interesting to see both these quarterbacks who have had a hard time dealing with a pass rush uh, playing each other uh, this weekend. But uh, what'd you make of this game uh, other than, Bucks uh, defense came back to life a little bit. Yeah, uh, it was a little surprising. The final score was. Uh, I thought it would be a, a little bit closer than it was, uh, being a divisional opponent. But Carolina's defense just kind of really stunk up this week. Um, they really couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't stop the run, and Tampa Bay was pretty much in control. There were certain situations where it looked like Carolina might kind of claw their way back into it, but overall. Um, Tampa Bay just kind of come out and dominated that game. So, you know, kudos to them. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for the Rams uh, Bucks this weekend? Uh, you know, I, I'd like to say that I'm, I'm excited about it. Well, I, I'm always excited about any Rams game, but I'm a little nervous about it also. Yeah, I can't quite. I started doing a little bit of my handicapping this week, and I just couldn't quite get a good feel on either one. So uh, looking forward to that one. Next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars went to the Green Bay Packers. The Packers went 24-20. Jake Lutton, 18-35, 169, one touchdown, one interception. James Robinson continues to be the best rookie running back in the league, which says you probably shouldn't draft running backs ever again, considering you're getting undrafted guys who are the most productive ones in the league. For 23 carries, 109 yards. DJ Chark, four catches, 56 yards. Aaron Rodgers, 24, 34, 325, two touchdowns and an interception. Aaron Jones, 13 carries, 46 yards. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, four catches, 149 yards, one touchdown. Um, Lazy game, pack, sort of anytime Jacksonville got a little play, pack made a score. And uh, I don't know what to say. They played lazy, got the win, and uh, went home in sort of a, another crappy weather game. Yeah, I mean, exactly what you said. I just hope that this Green Bay team isn't on the same tier as the Ravens are, where we just keep making excuses for them every time that they should be dominating and they play poorly. I really hope that this was just, like we said, one of those lazy games where they just quite didn't show up but still managed to win the game. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to the Eagles and the Giants. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles had 17. The New York Giants had 27. Carson Wentz was uh, atrocious this week at 21 of 37, 208 yards. He did not have a, 
a turnover, but literally did nothing else. Miles Sanders, 15 carries, 85 yards. Richard Rodgers, four catches, 60 yards. Daniel Jones, 21 to 28, 244. Daniel Jones had nine carries for 64 yards and a touchdown. And Darius Slayton, five catches, 93 yards. So, um, watch this game pretty intently. I think the Giants are the best team in the NFC East right now. Um, there's nothing from Philadelphia that I'm seeing that makes them a good defensive team, good offensive team. They had most of their weapons back this week and uh, still weren't capable of moving the ball with any sort of consistency on offense. And the defense continues to give up big plays. So um, where are you sitting this week? Yeah, I'm there with you. I think that the Giants are probably the best team in the NFC East. Now, that's not saying much, but I still think that it's, you know, it's it's still it's still a good sign for the Giants going forward and for their future. Um, the Giants have quietly taken over the NFC East, in my opinion, after losing their first five games. They are 3-2 and two over the last five, and those two losses are a one-point loss to divisional opponent Eagles and a two-point loss to the Bucks. So, I mean, they're hanging in there, man. Uh, Jones is playing pretty well, considering he doesn't have a lot of weapons. And, you know, he's got some wheels on him, too, even though we saw him stumble, and that's probably the only run anybody remembers this season is him stumbling as he's trying to, you know, get into the end zone. But he's got some wheels on him, and, you know, he's young, he's athletic, and uh, the season looks bright. I mean, the future looks bright for the Giants. Yeah, I was going to say – the way they're going, I don't want to overstate it, but uh, the NFC is so weird that uh, this Giants team is sort of getting better week to week. And uh, if this improvement continues, I think their defense is solid and their offense continues to prove uh, they could be a little dangerous in these playoffs. Um, with, I mean, there's no consistency really with any team in the NFC. So, uh, if the Giants continue their improvement ways, I see no reason why you would be like, well, they can't win a game here or there. Yeah, uh, they're definitely sneaky. Uh, you know, they could be one of those teams that everyone counts them out in the first round and they end up, you know, knocking off uh, uh, some sort of Goliath team. You know, I wouldn't call them good. I wouldn't call them great, but they're sneaky and they're getting better and who knows what the team's going to look like at the end of the season. They also play hard. Uh, I mean, they come out and no matter who they're playing and how they're playing, they will fight you till the end. And uh, in the NFC East, I think that's going to be good enough to win that division. So we'll move on to the, probably the most entertaining game of the weekend. The Buffalo Bills went to the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals won 32-30. to Josh Allen was 32 of 49, 284, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Josh Allen continues to be the only rushing attack for the Bills. Seven carries, 38 yards. Cole Beasley had a great game, uh, made some great catches in this game. Uh, 11 catches, 109 yards, one touchdown. Kyler Murray, 22 for 32, 245, one touchdown, one interception. Kenyon Drake, 16 carries, 100 yards. And DeAndre Hopkins, seven catches, 127 yards, one touchdown, and a ridiculous Hail Mary catch to win this game. Uh, Really entertaining game. Easily the best game of the slate. And uh, I don't know if I come away downgrading either of these teams. Uh, it was lost on a Hail Mary. Uh, Buffalo came down and got the uh, what we thought was the game-winning touchdown. And it was really just a good game. And I think both these teams have a pretty good future uh, ahead of them. 
Uh, the only negative is, once again, that Buffalo rushing attack. I think in the second half they tried to sort of salt away the game, and they just couldn't, and it sort of let Arizona back in the game, and then they had to start forcing passes again. But uh, otherwise, two good teams uh, and a really well-played game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, two playoff contenders. Uh, they both played well. I, like you, thought that this game was over after that touchdown uh, with, what was it, about 30-something seconds to go in the game? I believe 40- so, about 30, 40 seconds left. Yeah, I, I thought that game was over, and uh, I was really, really shocked, uh, especially after that first play once the Arizona uh, Cardinals took control of the ball. You know, they burned so much time off that first play. I'm like, okay, it's done. It's, it's over with. And Kyler Murray, man, you know, everybody's kind of jumping on the bandwagon. And I'll admit that I thought the guy was a little bit overrated, but man, the guy's been making plays pretty much all season long. Uh, they haven't been great, but they're tough, man. They're, they're good enough to beat just about anybody. Uh, both teams, I think, uh, didn't really move up or down based off of this game. I think that they both played a solid game overall and, I'd be excited to watch this uh, rematch in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I wanted a Thursday game, Seattle, Arizona. Uh, it's really an important game really for both teams. Cause I think this division is going, you know, any which way. So any division win you can get and uh, on a short week, it's going to be really tough. And uh, where are you feeling uh, about that game since we probably won't be back until uh, Thursday night? Ah, uh, geez, that, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, you know, I hate to say that I kind of want Seattle to win, but as a fan of uh, the Rams, I kind of want Seattle to win. It, it's going to be tough to sweep them. You know, as bad as that Seattle defense is, it's going to be tough to sweep them. It's tough to sweep anybody in this league, you know, but – the Cardinals, man, they've been playing so well as of late that I think it's I think it's going to be a, a really good game. It's going to be a good fight, and this game is going to determine who's going to take control of this division because if the Cardinals win, they kind of lock into first place for the time being. If Seattle wins, the Rams, depending on that Bucks game, could leapfrog both of them and take control of that division. It's it's crazy, man. This the NFC West is is tough. Yeah, three really good teams uh, in the NFC West and uh, two uh, really big games for uh, both Rams, Seattle, and uh, Arizona this week. So uh be a fun weekend. Uh, moving on, the uh, Chargers went to the Dolphins. The Dolphins won 29-21. Justin Herbert, 20-32, 187, two touchdowns, one interception. Kellen Balage, 18 carries, 68 yards. And Keenan Allen, three catches, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Tua Tungavailoa, 15 to 25, 162, two touchdowns. Salvian Ahmed, 21 carries for 85 yards, one touchdown. Once again, proving the point of don't draft running backs. This guy was on the street, and they just signed him this week. Uh, Husky Pride. And uh, Jakeem Grant, four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Dolphins pretty much controlled this game throughout uh Chargers got a late score to make this closer than it was, but um, Dolphins continue to look good, and uh, I don't know how long the uh, Chargers coach is going to last. He probably makes it through the season, but uh, continued sort of uh, poor play. Uh, the defense didn't look great, and uh, just mostly uh, 
all about the Dolphins here. Uh, I don't know if they can win this division, but I think they've pretty much secured themselves as a, a playoff team for sure. Yeah, I think they've been playing solid enough to where they pretty much got themselves a playoff spot, especially with this extra playoff spot uh, this season. Uh, I I think that this was probably the worst game for the Chargers and for Herbert. I don't think that you let the coach go. I think you give him one more year. Uh, you know, they've had a tough, tough time this season. They've been in a lot of close games and they just can't close them out. Uh, but the Dolphins, man, this is probably the biggest story of this game is uh, that defense is solid. You know, they, they come out and they play well enough to control the game defensively. Um, a lot of it's going to depend on the offense now, whether they can put up points. And if that defense plays that way, you don't need them to put up that many points. So it's definitely a, a, you know, a possibility that they could, you know, get into the playoffs and possibly even beat some, some of the bigger teams there. Yeah, definitely. All right. We'll move on to the next game. The Denver Broncos at the Las Vegas Raiders, Drew Locke, 23 of 47, 257, one touchdown, four interceptions. Melvin Gordon, 11 carries, 46 yards. Jerry Judy, four catches, 68 yards. Derek Carr, 16 of 25, 154. Joshua Jacobs, 21 carries, 112 yards, two touchdowns. Darren Waller, three catches, 37 yards. Uh, Just a really bad game for the Broncos. They continue to look worse and worse uh, every week, and uh, Drew Locke continues to be really poor. Uh, Oakland continues uh, their wins versus uh, poor teams. Um, I think they are a little bit more frisky than Cleveland, but uh, I still don't quite know where I sit with Oakland. Uh, They're going to the Chiefs this weekend. Uh, They beat the Chiefs earlier in the year, so uh, we'll see if uh, they can hold up uh, after beating the Chiefs, because I have a feeling the Chiefs are going to put it on them. And uh, we'll see if the Raiders can... uh, sort of prove their worth, I'd say, uh, this weekend. Yeah, uh, pretty much same thing as you. Um, I've said over the last few weeks that I think Denver is not as good as people thought they were after they won a few games. And it's pretty much kind of been proving me right so far. But um, as far as the Raiders are concerned, I, I really don't know where to stand with the Raiders. Uh, sometimes they come out and they look really impressive. I think that, you know, Gruden's really uh, – he's a really good offensive coach. Uh, but you know their their fallback is going to be the defense. Um, they have to really control the game with the with the rushing attack, which they've been doing pretty well. And uh, you know they're they're going to have to do a lot of things if they can keep this next game against the Chiefs close. I think I might move them up a little bit more in my personal rankings. But as of right now, I'm still a little undecided. Yeah, I think I'm a same way as you. All right, the uh, Monday night game was pretty much as snoozy as it uh, looked on paper. The Vikings played the Bears. The Vikings won 19-13. Kirk Cousins, 25 of 36, 292, two touchdowns, one interception. Dalvin Cook, 30 carries, 96 yards. Justin Jefferson, eight catches, 135 yards. Nick Foles, uh, 15 of 26, 106 yards and a pick. Cordell Patterson, 12 carries for 30 yards. Allen Robinson, 6 catches, 43 yards. Um, I don't know. Vikings, I wouldn't say look great. Sort of dominated the game. Literally, the Bears had no offense. Their touchdown came off a kick return. Their two field goals came off uh, turnovers. And uh, 
I think Nick Foles was faking injuries to get out of this game. He came back today that uh, he really wasn't as hurt as he was after he got stretchered off. Uh, I don't know what to make of this Bears team, but a uh, little curious about this Vikings team, if they can make a playoff run. I think they have the, uh, I think it's maybe the Jets this week. I can't remember quite. Uh, it's a bad team. I know that. So uh, Vikings, uh, playoff run, Bears, uh Remove them from the league? Uh, the Bears, I mean, defensively, they're adequate, but they've got no offense whatsoever. It reminds me of the uh, early season of the Redskins, oh, sorry, the Washington football team. They just don't put up any numbers offensively, and it's really scary considering the fact that at one point they were tied for the division lead uh, in, in their division. It's pretty pretty crazy when you stop and think about it. Well, but, I mean, they're still in decent playoff contention, which is possibly the most disturbing thing of them all. I mean, they're probably four wins away from being a playoff team, which uh, sort of blows my mind considering they couldn't get 10 yards, I think, if they were playing against, uh, you know, cones. Yeah, I just don't see them getting any better going forward. And uh, unfortunately for them, you know, other teams are kind of hitting their stride, even though they're not good teams like the Vikings. The Vikings, I don't think, are a good team, but they're hitting their stride and they have some weapons. Uh, like we said a couple of weeks ago, if I'm a playoff team and I'm going up against the Vikings, I'm scared because I don't want to face off against Cook. Now, the Bears did a pretty good job at kind of keeping him under wraps, but, you know, the guy's explosive. He can go off at any any time. You know, all you got to do is miss one tackle and the guy's gone. Yeah. All right. So that does our recap and review of the week. Let's go into our best of the week. You had one hell of a game. All right. So where are you going for best of the week this week? Let's say for best of the week on offense, uh, I'm going with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, everyone is jumping on Kyler Murray this week after that in St. Hail Mary pass, and I get it. Uh, it was an amazing play, but for me, it was about Hopkins. Uh and I'm not talking about Andre Johnson like I did uh, earlier in the season, but you know the guy went up and he snatched that uh, he snatched victory out of the air versus three Bills defensive players. Uh, he ended up with seven catches for 127 yards, and of course the most important touchdown of the game. Yeah, uh, you must have read my cheat. I said DeAndre Hopkins. I mean everybody's making a big deal out of the hail Murray, but uh, Murray basically just lobbed a ball up into the end zone. DeAndre Hopkins went up against three people and somebody how high pointed that thing and came down with it, which was really impressive. So he was my best of the week and uh, just sort of a, a pat on the back, best of the week, uh, Alex Smith to uh, come back and literally be able to even throw the ball after what he came back from, uh, let alone come in and throw for 300 yards for two weeks in a row, basically. Uh, Pretty impressive. So uh, Alex Smith is my other one. What do you got defensively? Real quick before I get into the defensive one, I'll add the one thing that, you know, kind of one of the things that swayed me away from picking Kyler Murray was his statement he made after the game where he said when he looked down the field, the only thing he saw was uh, uh, Hopkins down there. And I'm like, uh, dude, there was three defensive players down there. If that's all you see, that's a little troubling. But anyways, going back to our racket, uh, to our best of the week. For defense, I have a little combo. I have uh, Darius Williams and Leonard Floyd, uh, both Rams players. 
Uh, Williams' 2020 season so far includes some beautiful interceptions. He picked off uh, Russell Wilson twice and deflected a beautiful pass in the end zone that was intended for Lockett, while Floyd, who had three sacks last season in Chicago, matched that total against Seahawks. He ended the game with five solo tackles, three sacks, and two tackles for a loss. All right. Uh, We went sort of the same place. You went with those Rams. I went with the Ram who locked down DK Metcalf and uh, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Probably his, I'd say, the most impressive game I've seen him play all year. He really took uh, this to heart and uh, just took uh, Metcalf out of the game, which uh, sort of got Seattle out of their rhythm. Uh, I have another one, the rain in New England. I thought they really (laughs) played a good game and – Help the Patriots get a much-needed win there. So uh, the rain in New England, uh, best of the week. All right, who are you going coach-wise? <laughs> I'm still laughing for what that rain comment, uh, and you'll probably see why. Uh, for best coach of the week, I've got Bill Belichick. Um, in a game where 99% of the nation had them losing, including myself and my wallet, uh, Belichick called on his 12th player, the weather. Once the weather turned, the game plan he utilized was spot-on. Uh, the Ravens struggled to catch and hold on to the ball, and ultimately the Pats got the upset. All right. Well, weather, best of the week. <laughs> uh, a nice little nod to the elements. Uh, my coach of the week is Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I've watched this Browns team, and they are not good, and they're getting wins. And I think in years past with previous coaches, that Texans game, they probably would have ended up losing that game. And, uh, Stefanski has essentially neutered Baker Mayfield and not allowed him to do anything. And he's just basically run the ball and said, uh, we aren't going to lose these games. We're just going to hold on to the ball, control the game. And, uh, I think that's pretty impressive, uh, considering the history in Cleveland, uh, of late. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good pick. All right. So let's go to our worst of the week. Terrible. Just terrible. All right. Who do you got worst of the week? For worst of the week on offense, uh, although there's probably worst performers out there, and I do feel bad saying this, but I'm going with Nick Foles, uh, who was not producing anything uh, when he went down with his hip injury. And I'm saying that with air quotes. The Uh, bruise it turned out to be. I don't want to say he wasn't hurting. Okay. But Brees, who had a fractured ribs and punctured, punctured lung, was standing on the sidelines with his helmet on, cheering his team, while Foles, who test revealed nothing really was wrong with him. Hey, Bruce. Got, <laughs> he got carted off. Now, I don't want to belittle what he felt, you know, or even if there's an actual injury there, but he ended the night with 106 yards and one, one interception, so he's my worst of the week. Yeah, uh, my worst of the week was Drew Locke. Uh, he seems to get worse and worse every week. Uh, I don't know how... Totally, I make him the worst of the week because I never have thought he was good since his career at Missouri started. But uh, the Broncos keep entrusting him with his, I think, a pretty solid team around him. And uh, he's the weak link there. So uh, Drew Locke, worst of the week for me on offense. Where are you going defensively? Okay, for defense, as much as I like the Panthers as a team, defensively, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. They gave up 46 points to a divisional opponent. Ronald Jones uh, ran all over the place. Even if you take away that huge 90-plus yard run, he still had about 100 yards, while Brady threw for 340-yard-plus, three touchdowns, and uh, even snuck one in on the ground. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
My worst of the week, I got a co. Uh, the Buffalo Bills Hail Mary defense. While as great of a play as DeAndre Hopkins made, uh, why there were only three people in the end zone over there, I will be confused. If you freeze frame it, you can see some guy guarding a receiver uh, 10 yards down the field. I don't know why. There was one second in the game. How about get your ass in the end zone and help defend? And then uh, Titans special teams. The Goskowski has won him a couple games this year, but he's also lost him a couple games. And uh, the punter uh, was extremely porous on Thursday. So uh, Bill's Hail Mary defense, Titans special teams, co-worst of the week. Yeah, you know, I didn't even think about that uh, Bill's uh, Hail Mary pass defense until you just mentioned it. But yeah, you're right. All right, where are you going coach-wise? For my worst of the week coach-wise, uh, I'm going with the Eagles coach, Doug Peterson. I know that the Eagles are a little banged up, but the Giants have young players, and they're missing their best weapons. In a game they were favored, they couldn't put together a game plan to rattle the young quarterback who missed only seven passes while also rushing for 64 yards and a touchdown. So, Doug Peterson, you are my worst coach of the week. Oh, good one there. I'm going with Pete Carroll. Uh, I already touched on it in our uh, review, but uh, just that team didn't look ready to play this week. They looked off um, and uh, didn't understand a handful of those decisions. Uh, that fourth and one decision I certainly am still confused about. You can't get a inch with uh, Russell Wilson as your quarterback. Uh, I know you have no running backs right now, but uh, – I think you probably pull the trigger there and go for that inch and uh, try to keep yourself in at least some part of that game. So uh, Pete Carroll, my worst of the week. That's a pretty good pick. Although I will defend the Rams and say they always play the Seahawks tough. Yes, I agree with that. All right. That's our recap and review for week 10. We'll have our pick show as always on Thursday and uh, be on the lookout for our know-it-all podcast. We'll have our draft recap that is uh probably coming out Friday. We'll see how it goes, uh, depending on all this league movement. Uh, things are happening, so we might need to have it a little earlier. Uh, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at TD Achilles on Instagram at that dude Achilles. Uh, really quick. Want to give a shout out to the fish man who I just found out listens to us. Uh, what's up fish. Uh, and yeah. All right. I'm GLN champ at both Instagram and Twitter. And that's our show. And we're out. <laughs>